0: You are listening to Happy UN Career Podcast with host Barbara K. Anderson, helping you take charge, get the recognition you deserve, and create the UN career you dream of. Hello and welcome to this third episode in a small series I've called Professional Development, Job Hunting and CVs. In the previous episode in this series, the episode called Why You Always Want to Have an Updated CV, I talked about five problems you solve by always having a good updated CV. You can find that episode at barbarakeanderson.com slash nine. As I also promised in that episode, I'm back today to talk about some important guiding principles for writing a CV you'll feel proud of and that you'll be happy to share with your network and send with your applications. So that's the topic for today. I've identified five important CV writing principles that nearly always come into play when I discuss CVs with my clients. I'll share those with you, of course. Plus, I'll share a tip to make CV writing interesting and rewarding. The thing is, I have yet to meet a person who told me that they enjoyed working on their CV. I have met a few people who treated CV writing as just another task on their to-do list that they would just sit down and work their way through, according to plan. But then I've met a lot of people who really don't enjoy it. Maybe you recognize this. Of course you want to be recognized for your efforts, but you find the whole CV writing process somewhat tedious, and you feel uncomfortable having to point out your own talents and achievements. I definitely felt like that myself. I had a love-hate relationship with CV writing for many years. I wanted, of course, to have a crisp and professional-looking CV clearly outlining my experience and competencies, and which would hopefully give an edge in a recruitment process. And I certainly enjoyed the feeling of accomplishment and professionalism when I finally got it done and felt I'd done an okay job of it. But frankly, I felt very self-conscious about the whole process of deciding what to keep in and what to leave out. Suddenly everything seemed important, but was it? At the same time, I felt a bit awkward about having to promote myself and I felt uncomfortable with the tactics I felt were going on with the CV writing and, and the whole application process. So the whole thing triggered feelings of frustration and discomfort and honestly, a lot of procrastination. The problem... I found out later, is that this way of thinking about CV writing is very much focused on me, myself and my feelings. And all those feelings make it difficult to sort the essential from the non-essential in the CV. So a good first tip is to get yourself, or at least your feelings, out of the CV, so to speak. And that's why it's very often quite helpful to get support from someone else. So, to help you get started, I'd like to share five important guiding principles for writing your CV. Principle number one. Make it short or shorter. There are no laws or regulations on CVs, but there's good advice, which is based on common sense, really. I may tell you that your 8-page CV is far too long. But then you may tell me that this is the CV you used when you got hired for your current position. So, an eight-page CV does not necessarily mean that you won't get shortlisted, but it does not really signal competence in filtering the essential from the non-essential or strong written communication skills. Recruiters and hiring managers are busy people like you and me. They are quite possibly receiving large numbers of applications for the position you are applying for. So, you want to make a strong impression already on the first half page of your CV. They might never get to page four or eight. When we write long CVs, I think it's because we have a lot of ourselves invested in that CV. We worry about leaving out some important fact that we feel the recruiter should know about us. So we overload the CV with information and details that no one has time to read. And each job and experience feel important when you look back. A lot of hard work went into each of them. How can you possibly describe that in two or three lines? Well... If you've been working for a while, you started your CV a long time ago. And every time you've updated your CV, you have added to the experience at the top. But did you also remember to shorten it correspondingly at the end? For example, those jobs that you held before, during and right after university, they were important and essential in the first years after your graduation. But as you move on and get increasingly more complex experience, Increase in authority level and build your expertise, those early jobs can be minimized to just a short mention. Remember, in most cases, it'll be the experience of, say, the last 10, maybe 15 years that will be the most interesting when someone is judging whether you're relevant for a position you're applying for today. Principle number two Be brief and concrete. So, overall, brief, concrete, and to the point should apply to everything you write in your CV. Make the description of your responsibilities specific and tangible and short. Don't just copy-paste your TOR or job description. And don't refer to your responsibilities as tasks. The word task easily makes your responsibilities sound very menial, which probably they were not. Brief and succinct also goes for the profile summary at the top of your CV. Think of this as your elevator pitch. If the person reading your CV didn't have time to do more than read your profile summary, what will be their impression of you? It should make them want to read on. And don't try to squeeze in your 15 most important skills and competencies here. It really doesn't read very well. Rather, think about the three most important points they absolutely should know about you if there really was no more space. And as they're relevant for the position you're applying for, of course. Make it short and crisp, and preferably with a bit of punch. Principle number three. Include your key achievements. Many still haven't gotten used to this, but for each job experience, you want to mention some of your key achievements. You can place this section after the brief description of your responsibilities. As I'm sure you have experienced yourself, the fact that a person is responsible for something doesn't necessarily mean that they're doing a great job or having a positive impact. So writing your key achievements gives you an opportunity to show what difference you actually made in your job, implying, of course, that you will be able to do the same in your new job. Again, make the description of your key achievements as concrete and tangible as you can. If possible, it's great to put in numbers. How many workshops did you organize? In how little time? By how much did you increase the engagement on social media? You get the picture. You really want to demonstrate the scope and complexity of what you've done. You probably already wrote a description of your key achievements in your annual performance review, so look that up to get input and inspiration for the key achievement sections in your CV. Principle number four, tailor make your CV. Every CV has to be tailor-made to the position you're applying for. This means that you always have to make the last finishing touches in choice of words and examples based on the key skills, competencies and experience mentioned in the vacancy announcement. It's very important to match the keywords of the vacancy announcement as much as you can in your application. If you're interested in jobs with different profiles it's useful to keep two versions of your CV so that you don't have to change too much every time you send an application. For example, if you're interested in applying for jobs with a more technical profile whilst also applying for, say, project management positions. And then last, principle number five. Think of your reader. As I said, the recruiters are busy people just like you and me. And hopefully your future manager is reading your CV. Therefore, you want to make sure that your CV is as reader-friendly and visually inviting as you can. That means good formatting, good margins, good use of bullet points, plenty of white space, and so on. When you look down the page, it should be easy to get an overview of all the information in there. And there's no need to complicate things with lots of colors and boxes and strange formatting. Be professional, but write in a clear, succinct language. Even if we're all used to the bureaucratic writing style of the UN, nobody really enjoys reading that. And that's just one of the reasons why you shouldn't copy paste from your job description, by the way. And of course, make sure your spelling and language are impeccable. If there are spelling mistakes or missing words already in the first paragraph, and yes, I've seen this more than once, it sends a very unfortunate signal. Don't let that happen to you. Have in mind that you want to make it easy for your readers to quickly get an impression of the scope and complexity of what you've done, and in ways that shows how your experience can be transferred and applied successfully in the job you are applying for. Another tip is to use your own recruitment experience. Maybe because of all the feelings we invest in our own CV and the application writing, we sometimes overlook important knowledge we already have. Chances are, you've been involved in recruitment yourself. Think back a bit. What has impressed you in CVs and cover letters you've seen? What makes you think, yes, here's somebody I want to talk to in an interview? How many CV pages do you like to read? And how many pages do you have time to read when you're recruiting? What do you feel that a CV conveys professionalism and is clear and easy to get an overview of? Often this tip helps my clients see their CVs and motivational letters in a new light. So, how do you help yourself make sure you always have an updated CV? Well, as I also mentioned in Episode 9, I encourage you to use the annual performance review process as a prompt to update your CV at least once a year. You always want to consider whether your most important achievements from the year merits inclusion in your CV. And if your responsibilities have changed, you also want to consider if your CV should be revised accordingly. If you do this, your CV will always be updated and ready to share. I hope these principles and tips will inspire you to dig out your CV and update it so that it's ready for the next interesting job opportunity you come across. However, if you still need a bit of motivation, here's a way to also make CV writing enjoyable. Because working on your CV is also an opportunity to celebrate yourself. Make your CV the document where you remind yourself of all the great things you've been part of. The teams you were engaged with, the results you produced. Remember the career journey exercise from episode number four. You can find that one at four. That's a really nice exercise that allows you to celebrate your career until today with everything you've done and everything you learned on the way. Treat your CV as an alternative version of the career journey, a shorter and more concise version. But nevertheless, the feeling you should have when reading your own CV should be like a brief and succinct reminder of an interesting and rewarding work life. So, essentially, your CV is something you produce in order to make an impression on other people. You are marketing yourself. Many of us feel slightly uncomfortable with this. We'd much rather that people knew us, saw our worth, than that we have to spell it out and show off. But this is how the system works. You need a good CV. And you need to make it work for you, as well as you possibly can. You owe it to yourself. So, would you be impressed by your own CV? Is it reader-friendly, but professional? Succinct and to the point? Does the first half page make you want to read on? If not, I really encourage you to get started. But remember... You don't have to do it on your own. It can be enormously helpful to get an outside perspective on your CV. Probably you have a good colleague who will help review and comment on your CV. Or a good friend, maybe. And depending on where you start from, you may also want to consider professional support. A fresh pair of eyes can be really helpful with editing out the unessential parts and highlighting your most important experience and competencies. And you may find it especially useful to get help formulating your achievements in such a way that it's clear what you did and what you were responsible for. In my experience, that's a particularly difficult part for many of us, also because we work so much in teams. So I wish you lots of luck with your CV, and I'd be very happy to get any feedback from you on how it worked out. You're always welcome to write to me at bka at barbara Remember, if you want to review what we talked about today, check out the full show notes at barbarakanderson.com slash 11. There you can find all the details of the steps I've just described. In the next episode, I'll talk about how career is both personal and individual. This would seem like an obvious thing. Yet, we constantly compare ourselves to others and how they are doing. And we worry about how they look at us. It's easy to feel that you should be like them, do like them, progress in the same way as them. But neither life nor work is like that. What works for one person does not necessarily work for the other. So how do you find and stick with your own work and career path? One that you will feel happy and confident with. More on that next time. Thanks for tuning in to Happy UN Career Podcast. Please leave a review about this show and share this podcast with other professionals in the UN.